podcast is part of the Podcast Your Scene Network. Visit us at www.podcastyourscene.com. Hey, it's Bill, and you're tuned into Three Questions in a Song, episode number 37. With me live from Helsinki, Finland, is Tom Ticka. What's up, Tom? Not much. Past midnight. Good to be on the show, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little little after five here, a little after midnight there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of distance between us. Yeah. So this this show is easily explained. It's three questions in a song, and that's pretty much what it is. (laughs) I'm still wondering, you know, it's it's weird because I um Michael sent me the info over and 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 said three questions. I'm like, well, what is he going to ask me? It's about the songs, or <laughs> is he going? Yeah. So, so it depends on the kind of mood I'm in. I usually ask some off the wall questions. All right, um, I love those, man. You know, <laughs> just keep them coming. So the first one you actually inspired off the air when you were talking about going back in time. Um. So my my question is, if you could go back in time to any year. Mm. what band would you go back to follow along, follow around for a year to learn from? Uh, the Beatles. Uh, simply because, because they're, they're incredible. Um, the Beach Boys would, would be a contender, but without Brian Wilson on the road with them. And all, I, I'm not a great fan of live music to begin with, but I thought it, uh, the Beatles just, they were just amazing. Even the live recordings that you hear are just incredible. Paul McCartney doing "She's a Woman," for example, live at the Hollywood Bowl. The it's 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 fantastic. Um, a lot of the, you know, I already I told you that I have um, roughly two thousand CDs downstairs. Um, I think I have no live albums, none whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. That's. I don't I mean have... I've heard like I've heard live music, but <laughs> it's it's not my cup of tea. Um it there's a few exceptions. I, I do like um the Stones, that first live album. No, I wasn't the first, but the second from 69 that get Eriaya's out or I, I, I thought it was a good record. Uh I like the studio versions a lot better, but in, in as much as live albums are concerned, that's a good one. Um I do like the Beatles. Hollywood Bowl thing, and um, there might be a couple other ones that I listen to, but I'm I much prefer the studio work. You know, question two for you. I'll give. You, do you want another oddball one, or do you want to do you want a music related one? I mean, no, they're I mean, all music you, you related. Can do, well, yeah, I can do a few oddball ones. I mean, it's just because I I said I love them. I mean, I because certain things uh, obviously with even before the impersonators, I was in music, and so I've been doing this for a long time, and so I, I love. I mean, it's not that I don't like answering questions. I do, but certain ones you always get. You get over but, and over. But for example, the time travel one, nobody's ever asked me, and so you, <laughs> I love those. Um. Well, let's see what else I can come up with. <laughs> no pressure, right? I know. No, no, any see, questions? Now I feel like I have a file that I that I put my questions in when I think <laughs> up, but I don't have it open. <laughs> I feel like from reading reading over your bio and from what you told me earlier that you probably aren't a fan of playing live music out all that often. <laughs> Not all that often. No, I do do that every once in a while. And when I when I play live, uh, whether it's with a band or just me and an acoustic guitar, um, I do enjoy it a lot. Um, okay. I do. 
and whenever Good, I because that's important for okay. the question. All right, okay, cool. All right, so, so I'll let you ask the question. Right. <laughs> if you were able to go out and headline a tour where you know you're the band that everyone wants to come and see, what bands would you want to open for you? Wow. Um, okay, that's that's uh open for me. Um, uh, let, let me can I change that a little bit? I'd like to play yeah. with, with, yeah, with, with, with the Stones, I'd like to play with Paul McCartney. Um, simply because I think, in terms of Paul, Mac, I mean, in terms of the Beatles and all that, I think McCartney's a genius. I think, um, on so many levels, um, um I just like to be on stage with him and um, play, actually play my own stuff, play some of his stuff and just learn from him. I, I think just, you know, um, from, from the way he plays bass to his compositions, everything, the way he arranges stuff. I love it. The stones um, just because I think, uh, <laughs> The still, you know, I it, in terms of the music, I think that they're probably one of the loosest groups out there. It's kind of strange. I think I, I just like to be part of that. You know, there's so many great songs. Uh, once again, I think Keith Richards wrote between 65 and 73, he wrote some kick ass melodies, man. Um, incredible tunes, like to play those. I mean, see him play the guitar, he's one of the best guitarists. I, I depends on what you're looking for. I look for power. I look for originality in how he's playing the chords and stuff. And he's fantastic. So I, I, I don't know if you noticed, I start laughing when you, when you asked if you could change the question because you changed it into a question that I asked, asked actually ask. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, because I mean, I, a lot of the bands that I want to play with, they, they I'd be basically opening for them, not the other way around because they're like, you know, uh, it's it's weird. I mean, there's a couple of I, I do listen to indie music a bit, uh, and 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 but the the folks that I actually emulate, they're they're huge in terms of popularity, and so um, there's yes. others. Um, you know, I, I'd I'd like to play with Roger McQueen of the Birds. Gene Clark's dead. I'd really like to play with him. Uh, a lot of the guys are dead. That that you know. John Lennon would be incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, you couldn't do better than that. Um, I don't know the go-betweens, um, the River Detectives. I there's so many. Uh, some of them are, some of them are sort of marginal artists. I, <laughs> I, I know all the Rolling Stones, the Beatles songs by heart. And I, when I say by heart, I know every freaking nuance. Uh, I don't listen to them anymore. So nowadays I listen to sort of lesser known artists uh, like Rialto, um, the River Detectives. And, and the, these are small British things that never really took off the way they should have or the way they would have deserved. They didn't get the recognition. Still love their stuff, though, have their CDs. Um, but yeah, I probably, if I had to choose one, it'd probably be Paul McCartney. I usually... I wish I would have known that's the direction I was going to go because I would ask. Usually I say, hey, you know, recently you see that Dave Grohl will bring somebody up from the crowd and, and to play with the Foo Fighters. Who would be your Dave Grohl? <laughs> and then you could tell me 
who you want to play with, which would have played perfectly with that answer. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, he's not bad either. It, it's just that with McCartney, you get this sort of incredible. There's no limits to what he can do. You know, yeah. You have any ever, anything from you know, take everything from Helter Skelter through yesterday and to to his solo stuff, wing stuff. It, it just basically, I don't know. It's like an encyclopedia of modern music. You know, in a way. It's all there, really. I want you to think of your favorite album of all time that you can listen to from front to end without skipping a song. Mm. And you like it so much that you'd be willing to forget ever hearing it so you could hear it again for the first time. So which Mm. album is that album for you? Revolver by the Beatles. That's an easy answer. I think... Um, a lot of people, uh, at least when, when I was growing up, people chose Sergeant Pepper over that. And then they've changed a bit over the years, but I always thought Revolver is, is by far the Beatles best work. Abbey Road is a close second, or maybe, maybe it's basically, maybe they're equal. One A, one B. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, but that, that would probably be simply because, because the guitar sounds, man. I mean, she said, she said, for example, it's just an incredible album. It just, you get, um, I think, uh, tomorrow never knows is there. You get, you start getting Paul McCartney's vaudeville sort of stuff and the classic, classic music influenced things like Eleanor Rigby. But and but then you still have I think John Lennon wrote sort of the last early Beatles flavored pop tunes for that album like And Your Bird Can Sing um is probably last I feel fineish type of thing. You know I and but you get you have that that influence there. It's looking back and it's looking forward. And I think it's got the best of the both worlds, really. And it's really the way it's recorded, the way it's pl- the way the Beatles play, sing, it's perfect. There, if you get, if you, I mean, listen to Sgt. Pepper, there are mistakes. You know, I, no mix is going to get take care of that unless you start using auto tune a bit here and there. Mm-hmm. With Revolver, you don't really get those. How they did it, I have no idea. Hey, so let's talk about the impersonators now. We're 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 halfway in. Let's talk about the (laughs) right, right. Yeah, a few more words about Brian Wilson, man. (laughs) So, the song that 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 Michael sent me is Cloud Nine. Um, You could either tell me a story about about the recording or or how you came up with um, the lyrics, or you know, just give us a little bit of insight into the song itself. Well, I mean, it was uh, it was born. Uh, first off, I think Cloud Nine came about. I first had the melody because, um, I about for for a decade or so, I wrote songs for a band called Carmen Gray, and um, my brother and I wrote all the Carmen Gray songs. And when I when I um, <clears throat> started the impersonators after Carmen Gray. Because Carmen Gray recorded for large recording companies like Sony BMG. And so we created a certain sound. It was rather commercial. But but we created a sound for Carmen Gray. And 
I wanted to stay away from that because I wanted the new band to have a new identity, original identity that just belonged to the impersonators. But um, my son, I because I hadn't listened to Carmen Gray for rather a long time. My son, who's now 16 and plays a bit of guitar, um, got the old albums out and listened to them. And he said that, look, you know, I love the new stuff you're doing, but um, the Carmen Gray things, you know, those those are ear grinders. That Why don't you write one of those? Just sort of, to, if not for anyone else, then for me. And I thought, well, you know, <clears throat> it's been a while. And um, if somebody is allowed to write a Carmen Gray tune, I'm pretty sure... You know, it's me, right? Yes. <laughs> and so I sat down and I thought that, you know, I sort of pictured that if the band was, if the old band was back together and I had to show up at the rehearsal pad with a new song, <clears throat> what kind of song would it be? And I wrote the melody for Cloud Nine real fast. It must have taken me no more than 20 minutes. It was there. Boom. Got it. And, uh, but then there was a problem with the lyrics. Because obviously the impersonators I collaborate with uh, with Ante Audio, and he's the lyricist. Um, and he sent me this poem about a couple growing old together. You know, just like a relationship where everything is dandy, right? Just great. Um, and it was a beautiful poem, and that's what you have in the verses of the song, and um, this sort of about trusting the other, and and of course. Uh, Oh, <laughs> I mean, I think when you're young, it's very easy to write love songs like, you know, that you're so wonderful and what have you. But something happens to you when you get a bit older. Um, you're not as trusting of love and maybe you're not the, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to be the spokesperson for eternal love, you know, Hollywood love or whatever. Not that it doesn't exist before anybody puts in a comment or shoots me or whatever. <laughs> it does exist, but it's one of the rarest things. And so I, here I was with this beautiful poem and it was missing the words for the chorus. And um, I don't know, I tried many different things, but it just seemed to demand that sort of eternal love, beautiful, perfect touch that I just somehow couldn't bring into the lyric. But around about, around about this time, I was also um, um, going to uh, going to see. I was seeing a shrink <laughs> to uh, trying to, you know, because because in Finland, you know, it's something you don't really do. You know, it's like if you can't deal with your own problems, then you're not a man. And so, um, and my dad was weird about it, and so I still have problems saying, you know, I was seeing shrink. But yeah, uh, and it was actually really really good. I, I um, it helped me out a lot. And um, these were difficult sessions, I think. And so at the end of one session, I got this realization that perhaps one of the reasons why I've always been a bit unhappy in relationships, it's because um, I've put myself always in the position of a designated driver. You know, the guy who just, you know, if somebody's not doing well, I'm the guy who says, oh, you don't want to eat this food. Let's, let's uh, order something else. <laughs> As you know, or with rock bands, it's like you don't want to play this tune. Well, how about this one? And so, somebody who always places other people's happiness basically before their own. And and while that can carry you through decades, at some point, I think you hit a brick wall where you come to the realization that you know, damn, damn it, man. You know, it's like I've made tons of people happy over the years, but I'm feeling miserable, right? And so, after that session. 
on my way when I was driving home, I realized that that's what that's what the chorus should be about. It should be about me basically telling the other person in the relationship that look, whatever the problem is, I'll figure it out for you, you know. And um, that's how the that's how the lyrics came about for the chorus, and that's how I was able to finish the song. What we're gonna do now is um, we're gonna take a moment and listen to. Um, the impersonator song Cloud Nine, which you just heard an actual very good description of how it came about. That was awesome. Cloud nine. 
in. Hey, that was Cloud Nine by the Impersonators. Uh, with me right now is Tom Ticka from the Impersonators. How you doing? <laughs> Back again, man. <laughs> so, last episode, Matt Madigan was on from the band Scytherism. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, so they're the Impersonators, correct? Yes. Uh, so I guess I have a sarcastic question and then a real question. Um, who exactly are you impersonating? Oh. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, I, I just kind of want to know the general story behind the Sad Cafe EP because I just, I love the name Sad Cafe in and of itself. I don't know why. I just do. And the cover is also very interesting. And then when all that is kind of paired with just the the general uh, theme and aesthetic of the music, like I just kind of wanted to know what was going on there because there's a lot going on and I'm intrigued now. Well, the uh, the 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 question about who we are impersonating is actually uh, it's tied to to the name. When Auntie and I started the group, we had a or the duo we had a we had different names, sort of lame names that I can't even remember now. <laughs> um, I remember one, but it was pretty bad. I'm not going to tell you what that was. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean. The idea was simple in the beginning. It was going to be a group of two songwriters rather than a group of four or five musicians. And uh, Auntie would write the lyrics, I would write the melody, and then I would play all the instruments, record record the tracks like that. And so when I was uh, playing some of the earliest recordings to one of my friends, um, and I told her what the name of the group would be, she said, that, why don't you just call it the impersonators? And I'm like, yeah, but okay, but for what reason? And she said, she said that, well, it's because you're impersonating all the members of a rock band. You're just like a make-believe rock band. You're the drummer. You're, first, you're impersonating the drummer, then the bass player, then the guitar player, and whatever. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, that's actually pretty cool. Um, and that's that's how we became the impersonators. And so that's the story behind the name and also the logic behind the name. And so idea is that I'm impersonating the non-existent members of, of a rock band cool. and yeah and the the sad cafe ep um all the songs have <clears throat> all the songs have a story behind them the the story of the sad cafe song itself uh is actually rather interesting i was um i was in london england for for a few weeks and um and I went to this uh, cafe, which I can't remember the name of. Um, we, I guess we can't, but it, it it was one of those moments when you've been walking around forever and you really need a bathroom. And and the the only <laughs> cafe that's available right now because you've been looking for. I mean, you've all been there. You've been looking for basically a cafe for for a long time and then you go in and you have to get a cup of coffee uh i needed a cup because, of coffee anyway i needed a cup of coffee anyway. so you feel but obligated I mean, to buy something right <laughs> obligated to buy something right so as not to cause problems right and so um did my business came back for the cup of coffee and uh it, this was coffee that was bad Okay, and and the whole if if I can't to describe the premises, I mean it wasn't much, um, perhaps better than a, that I don't remember the name, um, but the but the but the only way to describe the coffee I was having was that it really didn't require taste buds, 
You know, it just <laughs> it would have been better if you, you know, some of the mouthwater that the dentist gives you after root canal. It just takes off, takes the taste. You can't taste anything for a couple hours, right? Could have used one of those, you know. Um, but as I was okay, so here's the story. As I as I was sitting down drinking the coffee, there was a, in the neighboring ta- table. Uh, there was a couple uh, having a fight, and um, it's weird. I mean, it's kind of like they're really going at it, and uh, all of a sudden, the guy gets up, takes off his ring, slams it on the table, and says, we're done. Whoa. Yeah. And um, and and it's like everybody, there weren't a lot of people, but everybody freezes, right? You know, I just walked out. She stayed there crying. And me being there, I sort of felt obligated to wander over and say that, look, you know, it's awful. Um, and I don't know what's happened. Maybe you deserved it. Maybe you didn't, but that's not, you know, it's, it was the most brutal way of <clears throat> breaking off a marriage I've ever seen. And so I stayed with her for a bit. We chatted and uh, having, having gone through a divorce myself in the past, <laughs> as I was listening to her though, uh, she was looking around the place and she said that, you know, and to do it in such a sad cafe, you know? But that, and then she said, <clears throat> that's what our marriage was like. It was like this damn sad cafe, right? <clears throat> and as I'm listening to her, I'm starting to think that's, you know, it's awful. But that's a great, that's a great title for a rock song, you know, in the sense that, and, and to compare it to a marriage, you know, that it's not an actual place, that it's, it's a metaphor. The sad cafe used as a metaphor for a cafe marriage that you need to get out of. And so basically that's the story behind the song and the story behind the EP base is, is a bit more boring. We had recorded four tracks before that released them as singles and, um, and the, the label wanted us to put all of that out as one EP as to get reviews. And it, it's, you know, whoever's a musician and is listening, they know the trade that's, you got to have a sort of a larger, not a, not necessarily an album, but an EP to to actually for somebody to take the time to listen to it and review it, which is understandable. But so that's what we were going for. But but the story behind the song is is that that's that's and I I wrote the uh, uh, as soon as I got to the hotel, I wrote the wrote the lyrics and um, of the chorus, and once again, then Ante came up with the rest. And so now, did, does she know that the song exists? No, probably doesn't. I mean, I would come to think of it, we never introduced. I mean, I didn't introduce myself to her. Neither did she. I mean, it was sort of a, you know, one of those moments where you kind of cautious of saying, by the way, I'm Tom Tika of the impersonators, because then somebody's gotten dumped. And so the next thing that she thinks is coming out of your mouth and how about if I take you out to dinner, you know, and, and so I really didn't want to, you know, it just didn't seem somehow right. Um, but um but i mean yeah would have been if we, if we had introduced ourselves if i had found her then based on that on facebook i definitely would have sent her the link but yeah that's how the song came about and and, and that's what you have in the lyrics cool um what i what i need from you now is um can you tell the listeners where they can track you track the impersonators down online well, I mean, 
I don't know if that little box is going to be visible to folks watching. It is. Or, it is. Right. So the best way to find out more about us is to go to impersonatorsmusic.com. I think that there, there are links to interviews. Uh, lately, I've been actually doing so many interviews that the current ones aren't there. And we'd have to be updating the web pages all the time, um, which is a poor excuse, by the way. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, the, the, the story behind the group and the story, the story of everything and who I am, they don't really change from, from year to year. And so the ones that are out there are good ones. And um, as far as I'm concerned, biased opinion, of course, but um, you'll find links to the music. It's all there. Okay. And um, the last thing I need from you is a question for the band Arsenic, who is uh, Arsenic, the yeah. next, next episode. Yeah, I actually wrote down. I was I was actually as I was listening to the music. <clears throat> one of the things that I'm always interested in is 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 I'd like to know um, what their influences are as far as they're concerned. I've listened to such a huge amount of music that to me it's clear, um, very clear. But <laughs> but I'm definitely I'd, I'd be interested in. And hearing if, if it matches right. up, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And also, another thing that's, um, and I know you said one question, but another thing is the logo. Once again, what influenced that? I can see, I can see it being in in my mind. I, I see a couple of things going on there, but once again, I'd like to hear their uh, their their verse. It's a pretty cool logo. Um, it, it to me it's a composite, but in terms of if they agree with me or if if I'm if I'm right at all, I'd be interested in finding out. So they they actually it's kind of kind of neat that they're the ones who come after you because um, you are um, in. And we're in the area. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're yeah, not, yeah. yeah, there's a bug there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. You are you are not anywhere near me, but your manager yeah. lives a couple miles from me. <laughs> right? Yeah, true. And true. Um, yeah. Arsenic, if I remember correctly, they are signed to Di Records, which is out of Pittsburgh, which is about forty miles from here. And um, I want to say <laughs> they're in Europe. I, I I feel like Poland, but I don't. Yeah. I don't remember for it sure. Pol- it was Poland. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I so yeah. Check. yeah. So. You guys are on the other side of the of of the pond, but you're still but yeah, close to the little area enough. I'm in. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean it's um, a boat ride. Not, I mean, yeah, close by anyway. But yeah, I, well, I, I want to thank you for coming on. Well, thanks um, for having me. This is great. Yeah, and uh, hopefully the the questions were interesting enough for you. They're- oh, they were. <laughs> I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. Yeah, indeed, I did. Yeah. All right, so those of you that are listening, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of who's coming up next. Um, obviously, on August 1st, we have Arsenic. On the 15th, we have Royal Honey. On the 1st of September, will be Eric Winger. On the 15th is the Spider Accomplice. <laughs> so um, <laughs> make sure you check us out on those dates. And if you're looking for something to listen to in between those dates, don't forget that the Pennsylvania rock show releases an episode every Friday and check that out. You can find them both by going to build the scene.com. Thanks Tom. And uh, we're going to let John Lane take us 
take us out like he has been recently um, into the Wild Wonders. This episode of Three Questions and a Song has ended, but be sure to subscribe to be introduced to more on-site music from around the globe. Don't forget to rate and review the show, and we'll see you on the next episode.